0: Shields, and you're listening to The Cozy Sleuth. Today, Snoops and Sleuths, I have with me Lisa E. Betts, here to talk about her books, writing, and all things cozy. Lisa, would
1: you like to introduce yourself to my Snoops and Sleuths and talk a little bit about your book? Yes, thank you so much for having me on your show, Leanna, and hello, Sleuths and Snoops. I'm excited (laughs) to meet you too. So I am Lisa Betts. I am an award-winning writer, I'm a speaker, I'm a blogger, and I'm an unconventional soul. So my books uh, are feature a sleuth called Livia, who solves mysteries in ancient Rome, which is a little unusual. Uh, so my first book is called Death and a Crocodile, and my, my young heroine, her father is killed, murdered, and her scheming uncle um, accuses her brother of the crime, and so Livia has to find out who really did it to prove her brother is innocent. And on top of that, in ancient Rome, all young females had to have a a male guardian. And so if her father's dead and her brother gets accused, her nasty uncle becomes her guardian and he's going to marry her off to some horrible old man. And so she does not want her life ruined forever. (laughs) And so she gets her trusty maidservant, Roxana, and the two of them say, well, we can figure this out. And so off they go to figure out who killed her father, and of course they don't know what they're doing, and they get into some scrapes as you would imagine. But you know, justice prevails; they figure it out. Um, so that's how the series begins. And oh then in goodness. the uh, in the next book, um, she's newly married, um, and you know she wants to uh, impress her husband and the family. Well, her husband's mentor goes missing. And so naturally, now that she has these wonderful new sleuthing skills, she says, well, I'm going to go help. And so she goes off to look for clues. And her husband is not as appreciative as she has thought. He sees it as her sneaking behind his back looking for clues and getting into danger because he doesn't trust her to keep herself safe. So the two of them have some issues that they need to work through um, to learn how to work together as a team and trust each other instead of keeping secrets from each other because they're assuming incorrect things. Uh, so that's kind of the the gist of the second one. And of course, it's not just one missing man. There's you know other other crimes that pile up.
0: <laughs> <laughs> of course, of course. Because what? Because what's a cozy without multiple issues arising? <laughs> that's right. <laughs> Oh, what an interesting setting, ancient Rome.
1: Yeah, it's, well, you know, I've always liked odd periods. I like reading books set in ancient Rome or medieval England or other random things. I don't read, I don't read the sorts of books that everybody else reads. I tend to read obscure authors that maybe people haven't heard of. And I just find it fascinating also i i've been teaching bible study in my church for years and years and so i have intentionally tried to learn about that particular period because that's when the new testament is set so that's one of the reasons i chose it is because it's just a period i care about
0: oh well that is such an amazing thing because i've never seen that time frame used in a cozy mystery before of course then again People would probably say that about my books, too. They've never seen a world set in a world where mythological creatures are real. (laughs)
1: So (laughs) That's the wonderful thing about writing is that you can use your imagination and go to any setting that interests you.
0: Absolutely. So I think you've already answered this a little bit. Is any of your writing inspired by your actual life and interests?
1: Interest, yes. Well, yeah. So it's it's really a very much yes and no question because um, obviously I have never been to ancient Rome. I, I did go visit not ancient Rome. Um, that's one benefit of um, choosing a setting that it's interesting to go visit. So I had an excuse to go do a little research in in Rome, which was fascinating. And there is so much history there. It's just uh, an amazing place. Um, and I personally would make a really lousy sleuth. Uh, I, I'm I'm way too non assertive. I would be too timid to like go into places that I shouldn't be, you know, to find clues, and and I I wouldn't be good at talking people into giving me the information. All those sorts of things that a good sleuth is good at. Um, so my main character, I love her, but she's definitely not me. <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah. I hear you with that. I am the same way. Um, it's like, wait a minute. I'd actually have to confront this person? No, 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 no. Right. <laughs> Here's right. what I'll do. I'll call the police. <laughs> let them <laughs> handle it.
1: <laughs> right. Yeah, yeah, I think that's true of a, lot of a lot of writers of mysteries is that we ourselves might not be such good sleuths, but we can imagine it. What is like me in my books is um, I have intentionally created a bunch of characters that are misfits in some way, that don't quite fit the molds. Obviously, a young female sleuth in ancient Rome is not a normal thing. Um, And I intentionally gave her a, a sassy maid who is not at all the perfect A um, refined lady's maid. She, you know, she blurts out things that she shouldn't say, and she's gung ho to go wherever her mistress goes. This is great fun solving mysteries. Yay! So (laughs) it's been fun to create all these characters that are just, you know, not quite fitting the mold. Because I've always been the kind of person that doesn't fit molds well. I actually went to college and have a degree in mechanical engineering, which is not normal for an author. So, so I have half my brain is a analytical, mathematical, problem-solving, engineering brain, and engineers, if you know any, are usually really bad communicators. (laughs) They they hate writing as much as most writers hate math. Um, So, and I love both. So I'm I'm kind of, I I don't fit either mold completely. I'm not quite as scatterbrained or or free-spirited or or dramatic as, as many authors are. I'm much more logical and pragmatic, and yet I love to create and imagine stories, and I love public speaking, which is also something engineers usually don't do well.
0: (laughs) You remind me of a friend I had in high school. She loved math, she loved writing, and it's just kind of like, how can you love both? Because I remember one time saying to her, I was complaining about algebra or something and saying, Letters do not belong in math problems. <laughs> and she's like, yes, they
1: do. <laughs> yeah, when you have a math brain, it just makes sense. Just like we have a writing brain, it just makes sense. <laughs> yeah. That's just the way my brain got made. Yeah. Uh, hey, it takes
0: all kinds of brains to do all the jobs out there, all the work out there. So, <laughs> yes, it does. It, must, it definitely does. So do you have any advice for those who want to write their own mysteries or cozies?
1: Uh, Sure. So first of all, you know, the old adage is write what you know, but I definitely say write what you want to learn about. Because I obviously um, don't know ancient Rome, but I've had a wonderful time learning about it. I just think it's curious. So whatever your passions are, wherever your interests are, write about the things that you really care about and that, that passion will come out in your story, whether it's, whether it's catering or, or knitting or having a ranch in Colorado or whatever it is, right? <laughs> right. Right. That's going to come out that the fact that you find it interesting will help the readers be interested in it. Um, let's see. Another thing is and I've learned this myself. Don't go with the first idea you have when you're you're running along and you get to a scene, and you're like, oh, well, now what's she going to do next? How is she going to solve that? And and the first idea that comes will be OK. But if you stop and, and list like five or six more, you'll suddenly get to a better one and go, oh, now that that's a good idea. So I always, I have all these little scraps of paper everywhere because whenever I hit a problem, I step down and I just write a little bullet list because engineers think in bullet lists, I guess. Um, (laughs) So I write a little bullet list and I just write out all the ideas I can think of, the stupid ones and the interesting ones and the boring ones. And then eventually about five or six down, I I think of one and it's like, ah, yeah, now that one, that one will work the best. So that's a, a trick that I use. And um, and the the don't use your first idea I got from some expert writer somewhere in some book I read. <laughs> <laughs> one, uh, one other thing uh, about
2: creating original stuff is readers expect
1: certain things in a book. So throwing everything out, thinking oh I'm not gonna be I'm not gonna be one of those people that follows the formula. Um, and you try to be completely original with everything, you're probably going to end up making a story that isn't fun to read. The key is to take that formula that everyone's been using for centuries anyway, and it works, and adding your own unique twist. And that will make a wonderful, entertaining story.
0: Oh, that's some great advice. And you're right about writing what you want to research. Because... Me, I'm a mythology nerd. I love mythology from around the world. And writing my books, I got a chance to research, not just your typical Tolkien-esque elf, you know, the the six foot tall Legolas, basically. (laughs) Um, I got to look into Native American culture and find that they had their own form of an elf called a forest dweller, hmm. and I based my character off of, uh, off of, oh, my green is scattered right now, uh, off of the one in Choctaw culture called okay. the Kawi Anakasha, which anyone who actually speaks Choctaw, I'm sorry if I butchered that.
1: Yeah, that's that's so much fun when you when you research something, then you come across all these marvelous little gems that just make it so much more fun to write. Um, the, the cover of my first book and the title actually came from I was researching old ancient coins that actually were existed. And I found this this coin that had this crocodile on it. And I was like, "Ooh, now that would make a good clue. And so I worked. That coin as a clue in the in the mystery, and it ended up um, being featured on the, the cover. But it's a real thing, which is kind of cool. Not that I have one, but I've seen pictures. <laughs> <catchers. laughs> yeah, yeah. I'm I'm kind of that way
0: too. With um, well, none of the items made it onto the cover, but I also wrote a uh, steampunk 1920s cozy mystery. Uh, cool. Based around OOP arts, out-of-place artifacts. And I'm currently working slowly, I'm so sorry readers, <laughs> on book two, which will be based around a um, vase that my main character has to figure out how A, it got into a French museum, and B, was this one of the wi- the gifts of the wise men? Kind of a Ooh, thing. <laughs> that sounds like a great, great story. Yeah. And I've had a lot of fun looking at pictures of ancient alabaster vases and things like that. And it's like, oh, this could be cool if I get this book finished to put this on the cover.
1: <laughs> yeah. Yeah. When you're working, when you're working in a in a world that doesn't have lots of standard readily available um photo art well, it's it's hard to figure out what to put on a cover <laughs> yes <laughs> so do you yeah. have
0: a favorite character or would you get in trouble with your other characters
1: oh well yeah livia is is a very um sort of character so she will, she tells me when you know when i step step off the line here but yeah olivia <laughs> uh, livia my main character I, I enjoy her. She she is based to some degree on my grandmother, who I very much admire. She was just always a go getter and always out there doing stuff and didn't take no for an answer. And she just really lived life, you know, with embraced it with both hands. And so that's part of my mo- my uh, model for for Livia. But her her maid Roxana is is a, a fun character too. And then because I'm a cat person, I included a cat, a black cat. Um, her name is Nemesis, which is a, a goddess of vengeance, and she just gets into mischief. She sneaks in and steals food when no one's looking, and she's not supposed to be in the house, but she sneaks in, um, and they sometimes can kind of use her as a like a decoy to, you know, make people look the other way. So she she doesn't actually solve mysteries, but she's a useful character to toss in for a little humor, um, and that's been fun to write. <laughs>
0: Oh, our little side pets. Aren't they great? Yeah. <laughs> uh,
1: so, and another, you, oh, whoops, go ahead. Well, I was just going to say another fun thing talking about, you know, research and stuff. I love food. And so one of the things that I have researched for the book is ancient Roman cooking. And so I have actually, um, I've actually quite a few times now tried recipes and made them and most of them were pretty edible i mean obviously i didn't (laughs) try the recipes that sounded really weird um but ancient roman food is not at all like we think of as modern italian food but it was kind of fun and some of those things are pretty tasty so i actually created a little uh, mini cookbook of some recipes that is part of the one of the free giveaways on my website
0: oh that is so cool um i've Actually, for the third book in my series, I've been looking up uh Choctaw recipes because like I said, I based Sabia off the Choctaw mm-hmm. elf. And I found a recipe called Banaha bread. Okay. It's like a the best equivalent I can come up with is a tamale. It's, okay. it's like corn flour cooked in a corn husk, and I would love to try and make it sometime, but I'm a little Mm. bit too lazy to actually try the recipe, but I did include it at the back of my book.
1: (laughs) Cool. Yeah, it's fun. I mean, everybody has to eat, so I figure food is a good thing to add as a little detail, and it was fun to research and, you know, get real specific about things. Romans, you know, Romans had lots of Fairly standard food, but then they had weird stuff. Um, one of their main condiments was this fermented fish sauce called garum. Yeah, which they used. They, they I know. <laughs> they put it, they put it in, in sauces, but they also used it as a condiment and just like drizzled it over top of things. And it was a salty, strong, umami flavor. I guess it's probably quite similar to an Asian fish sauce. But when you say, oh, fermented fish sauce doesn't sound very appealing. No, <laughs> no, it doesn't. But it was... It was a major trading commodity. They were shipping it all over the empire. So it was a big deal.
0: Oh, wow. Yeah, that, it's, it's funny that food is, well, not funny. It's very interesting to me that food is one of those things that really seems to bring our characters to life. It's like, what are their favorite foods? Are they chocoholics? Are they, are they coffee fanatics? Do they?
1: <laughs> right. Yes, because we can all be very opinionated about our food.
0: Oh, yes. (laughs) (laughs) Like, I've got a favorite place here in Colorado that if anyone ever asks me, hey, what should I eat? This place is one of the places if you're in Colorado, you have to try. It's a place called Takabe. And if anyone's ever watched Diners, Drive-Ins, and Dives, they've been on that show. Very proud of it. Um, But they serve Indian tacos, fry bread with meat, corn, cheese, all piled on top of it. It's so good. Mm,
1: Sounds wonderful.
0: (laughs) And they also have these massive fried bison ribs. That (laughs) Okay. I mean, it's like, picture the opening scene on the Flintstones, where they bring out the brontosaurus ribs that knock over the car well that's these bison ribs
1: (laughs) fun yeah food can be so much fun
0: and it really expresses so much about a character and it's Mm
2: -hmm. like you said it's fun
0: (laughs) yes it is so do you have an author
1: that's most influenced your writing I mean, obviously, I've been I've been an avid reader since forever. So there's tons of tons of authors that have influenced me. Um, As a child, Tolkien was my number one favorite, um, Mm. but I had lots of others. But as far as uh, mysteries go, um, I love mysteries set in some historic period that have a lot of humor in them. I love humor in my mysteries. So Elizabeth Peters is one of my favorites. The Amelia Peabody. Mysteries, which are, um, it's Victorian British people, but they they're Egyptologists, so they go into Egypt and and um, do archaeological stuff, and in the process, dead bodies just happen, you know. So she is just <laughs> such a hoot. She is a very, I don't know. It's almost like a cross between Sherlock Holmes and Pippi Longstocking, right? <laughs> So. <laughs>
0: what a combination
1: <laughs> <laughs> she's she's just a hoot um very very opinionated kind-hearted but you know has her foibles um <laughs> and her whole family is larger than knife so she's definitely one that i have um has inspired me in mind and another one is alan bradley who who uh, writes the the flavia de Luce mysteries and this is a she's actually a, i forget she's 11 year old she's a young person who um, has a passion for chemistry, in particular poison? But she gets she gets involved solving these things, and it's not young adult. Somehow, Alan Bradley has done a brilliant job of taking this young character and creating stories for adults. So she, so she, you know, she, she's not jaded yet because she's still a young person. But then she's she is intelligent enough to make believably intelligent decisions, um, and she has. She can't drive, so she has this bicycle named Gladys who she, who she drives around the countryside on. And, <laughs> um, yeah, so, and both of them just have such a wonderful, wonderful, strong, entertaining voice, huh. which is something I love in any book.
0: They sound great. And this is why I love asking this question. My to be read list just grows every time I hear someone's favorite author. <laughs>
1: Yeah, he has a whole a whole series out. The first one is called The Sweetness at the Bottom of the Pie. <laughs> oh, What a great title. <laughs> I think he gets a lot of his titles from like old obscure English nursery rhymes or something.
0: <laughs> oh,
1: I am definitely
0: going to have to check those out because they sound great. So if you and your main character sat down for coffee or whatever your preferred caffeine intake is, what kind of drink would she get and what kind of drink would you get?
1: <laughs> well, I like coffee, but I can only drink it in the morning. So if it was, it was an afternoon or a lunchtime thing, I'd have to go with something less caffeinated. Um, my, my, my character doesn't know about caffeinated beverages because they weren't around in Rome at that time. So uh. <laughs> she, she, um, she would have to go with some sort of, um, spiced wine or something like that. Wine with a little bit of honey and some, some flavoring in it, perhaps. Uh, they they drank wine a lot, but they added water to it so it wasn't as potent as ours is today, because they weren't trying to get drunk, but it was just what they had to drink. They didn't have much yeah. of a choice other <laughs> than some freshly squeezed fruit juice or something. <laughs> Well, and she's that's... she's not she's not a super sweet fruit juice kind of girl. She's yeah. <laughs> she would be a black coffee girl if if she had met that, I think.
0: <laughs> oh, your character sounds so great and your books sound like a lot of fun. Well, thank you. So if you're not writing, do you have any hobbies that you like to do?
1: Well, like I say, I enjoy cooking, and um, I have a one-year-old grandson. So that's that's a, a new wonderful thing—is to to spend some time with him. Um, and I like hiking and doing outdoorsy sorts of things.
2: Those are all fun, and of
0: course, that one-year-old is going to keep you on your toes.
1: <laughs> yep. Yep, yeah, he's been fun. It's been fun. Every, all my friends were grandparents ahead of me and so they kept saying, oh, it's so wonderful, it's wonderful. And I said, well, okay. And now I'm finally here. And I was like, oh, yes, it is wonderful. <laughs> mm.
0: So how can my snoops and sleuths
1: follow you? Well, my website is lisaebetz.com. That's L-I-S-A-E-B-E-T-Z.com. Um, so you can go to my my homepage has a link at the bottom um, to get to my, my newsletter, which includes a free download of the first four chapters of the first book, plus this little cookbook that I talked about. Or you can go to uh, Lisaebets.com slash Livia series and get a little more
2: information on that too. And I'll be sure to
0: include the links in the show's notes.
1: Yeah, I'll, I'll send you those links.
0: Great. Oh, I've had so much fun. I can't believe we're at the last question. (laughs) What is one complaint your characters would have about you as an author?
1: Well, as I said before, Livia thinks I'm a little bit too timid and unassertive, and I need to learn, I need to learn to stop worrying and overthinking things and just act more, just embrace life a little more with both arms and stop overthinking and trucking myself out of too many things.
0: <laughs> oh, that is a really unique answer because that, that's probably something my characters would complain about too. It's like, you're too timid on this.
1: <laughs> and of course, Nemesis would say, you didn't feed me a treat in the last hour. What is your problem?
0: Cats. No matter the century, they are cats.
1: (laughs) Yep. And mine is always on the wrong side of the door, whichever side that is. (laughs) I'm in. I want out.
0: I'm out. I want in. (laughs) Yep. Then, of course, just hold the door open and it's like, what do you want me to do? (laughs)
1: <laughs> yeah, then she has to sit and think. Do I want to be out? Do I want to be in? <sighs> oh, oddly enough, that sounds
2: a
0: little bit like my dog. <laughs> Do I want to be out? Do I want to be in? Do I want to go chase that squirrel? Do I not? <laughs> I gotta love our pets. Oh yes, we wouldn't get through certain things without them. Yeah, nope. there's times it's like. Dog, I wish I could treat you in.
1: <laughs> yep, that's how they are sometimes, but we love them. <laughs> oh, yeah.
0: Oh, Life would not be the same without my ruby.
2: <laughs> nope.
0: <laughs> well, I've had a great time talking with you, and I will definitely check out your books because they sound Thank great. You.
1: Yep, they've been fun to fun to write. And I'm hard at work on the next one, which is called Ode to Poison. So obviously poison is involved.
0: <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh, that can always be a fun topic and also a scary one to research because you're like, really? I'm a writer. I'm a writer. I know. Yes, <laughs> I think
1: I think about that a lot. What does Google think about this? But you gotta learn these things.
0: <laughs> yeah. I had to research vape pens and all that for my third book. And it's like, oh, really? I don't need this information, but (laughs) I'm a writer. Right. (laughs) Oh. Well, Snips and Sleuths, you've heard another great interview here on The Cozy Sleuth. I'd like to thank my patrons for their contribution in keeping the show commercial-free and growing. I'd like to thank my coffee clutch for their help as well. If you'd like to be like my patrons and have your name mentioned on the air, join me on my Patreon page at patreon.com slash the Cozy Or you can join my coffee clutch at coffee.com slash the Cozy Slew. That's ko-fi.com slash the Cozy sleuth. And if you want to check out Cozy Mysteries read by live actors, Check out the Cozy Mystery Rats maze wherever you find your favorite podcasts. Until next time, this is Leanna Shields saying, keep cozy!